Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. So I'm currently on my way to the beautiful Maldives with my mom and my husband, Brennan. And I just wanted to make sure that this episode went out while it's gone because it's just too important and way too good to wait until I got back. Today, I got to interview the beautiful Jordan Bone, a motivational speaker, author, and life coach who experienced a very traumatic car accident at the age of 15 that left her paralyzed from the chest down. I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but all I want to say is that Jordan is a very, very special soul here on this planet. She has inspired me like no other and taught me so much about disabilities and how they impact people's lives, both positively and both negatively. She has gone on quite a journey of loving herself again, loving her body again, manifesting her dream life in the process, and raising awareness about disabilities for people who are privileged to be able-bodied and just don't understand. It's a powerful episode, and I know you babes are going to absolutely love it. So without further ado, Jordan Bone. Thank you, Jordan, so much for coming on the Manifestation Bay podcast. I am so, so, so stoked to have you on here because even though we have only had such a short 
Instagram convo with one another before scheduling you on the podcast because I immediately was like, Jordan, you have to come on here. I just want to let you know that you have been, you have made such a major impact on me in terms of like my gratitude for life and the attitude that I show up with every single morning. Like the, it's just like you've completely changed my perspective. And I just wanted to first and foremost thank you for that so much. (laughs) Thank you so much, Catherine. That is, that literally just makes my day. Honestly, that is just so lovely. And I'm just so grateful to be here. So thank you so much for asking me to come on. I appreciate it. (laughs) I will literally never forget the morning that I woke up where I was just such a a grump. Like, I don't know what happened, but I remember (laughs) waking up in the morning and just feeling so upset about something. And I remember you tagged me because I think you were listening to a podcast of mine, like an episode of mine, and you tagged me. And I was like, oh, who is this chick? Because I love to check out the people that tag me. And I go on your profile and I just literally two minutes of scrolling. And I was like, wow, if she has this beautiful like perspective of life and she has such a great attitude and she has so much gratitude, like what the frick am I so grumpy about? And I just remember instantly, like you instantly, just like your presence, your energy. Like, I don't even think I read anything specific. It wasn't like a specific post. It wasn't like a specific story. It was just like being on your Instagram account. I just received this instant shift of like, Catherine, there's more to life than whatever the fuck you're grumpy about. So, um, that was amazing for me. Jordan, you are one of my favorite people to follow for like self-love, for personal growth, for positivity. But I know you had quite a journey that you've been on to get here, um, to get to where you are today. So can you please share with us some background information as deep as you want to go? Can you share with us the background story of how you really grew into the version of yourself that you are today? Absolutely. It's definitely been a wild Right, that's for sure. Life has taken so many twists and turns, and it does for everyone, um, of course. But mine have been so dramatic that I'm just yeah, so grateful to be where I am today. So when I was 15 years old, um, I had a car accident. And you know, I was just a normal 15-year-old. I had been bullied a bit, so I'd been going through the tough time of being bullied. And then I finally found new friends, found new friends and felt happy, finally felt happy and content with where I was. I was 15 and then I had a car accident. And in the car accident, I was laid upside down in the car. I woke up um, because I became unconscious at first. And I woke up, started to drift in and out again. And I saw a white light. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I know. I can't die. I'm 15 years old. And I said, I've got so much to do. And those words, even now to my, about myself, give me goosebumps and make me tear up because I'm like, in that moment at 15 years old, my higher self spoke to me. And I didn't realize it was my higher self at that point, but now I know it was. Were you spiritual and at that time? It's funny because I didn't think I was. I was, um, I didn't think so, but I look back at old photos and there's like, I have little pictures of spell books and I had an altar and I didn't even realize it was an altar. I had candles, crystals, spell books from when I was about 13. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I think it was always ingrained in me to be spiritual, but I didn't really realize it. Um, as it is with all of us, we just sometimes, some people don't realize it sometimes. Um, so I was in the car and I was drifting in and out and that white light came and I just felt this power come over me and it was, you need to stay alive really. And, um, 
I started singing in my, well, I did sing it, but it probably was a whisper because I was caught up in a seatbelt upside down in a car singing, you've got the love by Candy Staten. Or, is that how you say her name? <laughs> um, because yeah. <laughs> and so I was singing, you've got the love. And as I was stuck in this car and then yeah, I, I'm still here. So I'm still alive. <laughs> and, um, I was pulled out of the car after a couple of hours. And, um, as I was being pulled out, I was like, I know I'm paralyzed. I'm paralyzed. Oh. And my, at this point, my mum was there. My mum got called down. My ba- my sister who was only three years old at the time was there as well. They all came down. I was in a car with, um, some people I, well, a best friend and a, a guy was driving and his brother. Um, but my mum came down and she said to the paramedics, she's saying she can't move and she's paralyzed. And they said, it's probably her body in shock because that can happen when you're in such a bad accident. But, um, no, I knew straight away my intuition was right and paralyzed. Um, I was then taken to my local hospital. I had a halo drilled into my skull. Um, and then I was on bed rest for a long time. Um, month maybe completely flat with a halo drilled into my skull I was then taken three hours away from home to a place called Sheffield um to a spinal unit and I was there for five and a half months and in that time I I just I was in so much pain I can't even when I talk about it I feel like I'm talking about someone else Mm. because it's like an out-of-body experience because although I had that out-of-body experience with that white light I feel that even that time was an out-of-body experience because it was such a bizarre time. And, you know, being in hospital, I thought, well, when I leave hospital, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be able to do things. Yes, I may have to sit in a wheelchair, but I thought I'd be able to do everything as normal. <laughs> I was so, I didn't know about spinal cord injuries. I had no idea um, that I wouldn't be able to dress myself. I would need personal assistance to help me get dressed, to get out of bed, to help me do anything in life, anything. Um, but I didn't realize that. So after the struggle of being in hospital, I then came home at 15. All I wanted to do was be home. I was just like, I need to see my friends. I need to go home. So that was my main goal. And I got home and over a period of time, I lost friends and it was just really hard because people, I think because of the age, they were scared of the injury and it was like scared of me. And I'd obviously had issues in the past with a bit of bullying. And so people had always been a little bit strange with me in my, that was my story. I would tell myself like I didn't fit in. Um, so yeah, a couple of years went by and I then became majorly depressed because I just couldn't see where my life would take me. I didn't think I would be able to achieve anything. I remember sitting in my bedroom, just thinking, I want to die. And I find that really ironic because when I was in the car, I was fighting to do anything to live, even though I knew I was paralyzed. My higher self knew the outcome. And, but a couple of years later, I was like, I don't want to be here. I can't do this. I can't be who I want to be. Mm. But that was until I discovered guided meditation. So I, um, I was actually looking up UFO videos on YouTube. I was like, let's look at UFO videos. Anytime I do that, something major happens in my life. And it's like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So I was looking at UFO videos and the next video was a guided meditation. And this is while you were 15 or some time later? No, sorry. This is five years later. So this was when I was 20. So 
that kind of period of time between 15 and 20 was a blur because although I remember it all, of course, it's just very, it was very up and down and it, it was, it was very hard. Um, and that was in the moment of time when I had the really bad depression and I just told my mum I wanted to die. But yeah, until I discovered guided meditation and um, my, my mind was blown. I was like, how have I not tried this before? Wow. And suddenly I just realized that, wait, I've still got a life. I've got a second chance at life. It's now up to me to make it as good as I can, despite these struggles. These struggles will not go away, but I am not my struggles. So I was striving to just, you know, feel good and feel happy. And, you know, it's still been a, you know, I'm now 30, almost 31. It's been a, you know, an up and down ride. But I feel like even in this past year, I've really embodied self-love because I've been through relationships that didn't work. I've been through friendships that I've lost as well. I've been through just, you know, I also, which was really funny, well, not funny, but, um, you know, I had a scare when I was 20, when I first discovered meditation, that um, I had a melanoma on my leg. And I was like, what next? What else is going to happen? But at the time, because I discovered meditation, I just was like very calm about it. And I was like, this is going to be okay. And thank God that I was, you know, but it was just, I found out that information at a good time, really, because if it was a couple of months before, it probably, I probably would have had, uh, you know, melted down about it. Yeah. But, wow. Um, <laughs> that's Something. a bit. I feel like I give a lot of information there. No, no, no. I am so like in this story. I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes because it's really why I wanted to come, wanted you to come on the, on the podcast is because, you know, something that stuck, stuck out at me that I took notes on, I literally wrote, wrote, you know, kids were scared of you. Like, mm-hmm. like they just didn't know how to interact around you. They didn't know, probably didn't know what to ask you. Didn't know what to say to you. Cause I know that like something that's really come up in 2020 like a lot of these like social justice issues are like at the forefront right now. And it's something I've noticed is that a lot of people are afraid to ask certain questions because we're so afraid to offend one another. You know, mm-hmm. and we're so afraid to communicate around each other's differences and ask questions like, what makes you different? What makes me different? How can we come together even though we are different? And one thing that really sticks out to me is like, I'm curious to ask you, you know, that w- those were kids, but I feel like there are, you know, as as an adult, there are adults out there who are still scared of you in terms of like, what do I ask you? Am I going to offend you if I ask this question? Am I going to offend you if I ask that question? Can I ask about this? And that's something that really came up for me because, you know, when I was six years old, this is like such a minor thing, but like when I was six years old, I got a, um, I got into like, I don't know how this happened, but somehow I tripped over carpet and landed on a bench and split my lip. And I had to have like 30 stitches. And I remember going to school and every single kid for the next 10 to 15 years of my life, every single day I would get asked the question, what happened to your lip? 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 And it just drove me insane. And I can only imagine the kind of questions that you get. You know, Do you find yourself still struggling with that where a lot of 
people, especially who are able-bodied, that they just don't know how to interact with you. They just don't know what to ask you. Absolutely. Um, It's funny. It's either, it's one extreme or the other. It's either I'll be out having a really great time and someone will just say, what happened? So they want like the, the, all my information and then they'll walk away. And it's like, wow, I'm not here just to make you feel good. You know, I'm on a, you know, I'm out with my friends having a cocktail or, you know, having dinner. And it's very, it's very weird that people can just think they can ask that. But of course it comes up in conversations. And I think it's normal for that too. If it didn't come up in a conversation, it would be strange. But I think for people to walk over and just simply think that they have right to ask you everything about your life in one sentence is a little, little odd. But then you'll get the other people who don't want to say anything to you and will ask their friends to ask you something or, um, they just will stare at you. And it's like, wow, you know, I think the thing is everyone is different. Everyone will be, some people will be offended. Some people won't be offended by certain things. And I think, you know, I am pretty okay with it. Um, I just know that some people wouldn't be okay with someone just saying what happened and then leaving, you know, leaving. Um, I can't imagine, you know, if someone said that to me on the first day I left hospital, that would have been heartbreaking for me because I would have been like, wow, I am Jordan, not just Jordan who's in a wheelchair. Whereas it sometimes feels like that's all people see. Like you said about your lip, it must've felt like, oh, is this the only thing people can see right now? Yeah. There's so much more that could be asked, you know? Um, But I do think questions need to be asked. People need to be, I think the thing is um, people with disabilities just aren't represented enough and are not seen enough. And the world sometimes, well, the world is pretty, unaccessible a lot of the time for people who are in wheelchairs. And so people aren't used to maybe seeing so many people around and doing things because a lot of people who have disabilities may be worried to do stuff because it's unaccessible. There may not be a bathroom. There may be steps into the venue. And it's like, but we need to go out into the world so people see us. So we're just seen as normal and not like just something that is like rare and just... You know, we are we are here to be seen. We need to be seen and heard. And I hope when I, you know, post on Instagram um, and you know all that stuff that I can help people be seen and heard. Yeah, that's such a great point that you just made that I never thought about. And it's such a great point. Like the world is inaccessible, so of course people with disabilities are not going to be seen as much in certain places, and so therefore we don't see them as much, and we haven't normalized them. And as you mentioned, like they are all people, we're all people and we all are worthy and we all deserve to have access to whatever it is that we desire to have access to. I never really thought about it that way. So thank you for that perspective. Yeah, no, it's just, it is so important to just, you know, I really feel like it's important for me to represent some, you know, people because it's, I am still Jordan. Like I said, I'm not Jordan who needs a, I am Jordan who needs a wheelchair, but I'm not Jordan, the wheelchair girl, you know, I am Jordan. And and there's more to it. Like my wheelchair is actually amazing because it helps me to get around. If it wasn't for this, I'd be stuck in bed or on the couch, you know? So I'm grateful for this. Yeah. You must have had such a 
like such a journey with self-love and you're very passionate about self-love and a post that you posted the other day, I actually reposted and it was something about like disabled bodies are also sexy and worthy and beautiful. And I love that you're spreading awareness about that. Can you just share a little more about your, like your journey with self-love? Like what was that like for you? And at what point did you learn to love your new body? Mm -hmm. I think it's about, I think with my self-love, it's about loving my soul first, Mm. who I truly am, because I feel like there's a moment in time where I just was like, I really love who I am. I'm a really good person and I would do anything for anyone. I know my worth and I now know my boundaries. And I think that is super important. Um, You know, I've been in um, relationships that weren't great. And in those times I used to lose myself a little bit and dim my own light by not doing things that lit me up, but maybe would do things that would light them up. And when I got out of relationships that didn't serve me, I then realized that actually I am great just as I am. And I'm like, I don't need someone to tell me my worth. I can tell myself that I am amazing because I know that I'm a good person. I know that I, what I stand for is, you know, for everyone to just live their best life. So why should I not love myself? It definitely has been a journey though, because, you know, when you, I feel like I have body confidence, but sometimes I don't have confidence in my body. Well, every single moment of my day, actually, I do not have confidence in my body Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm paralyzed from the chest down. I can't even move my fingers. Um, so it's like, I can't control if my leg has a spasm or um, if um, my skin is a bit sore because I've been sitting on it all day. I then have to spend time in bed. There's something called autonomic dysreflexia, which is really, really dangerous. And not a lot of people know about it. So I think it's good that I mention it. Um, and it's um, when your body is in pain below their level of injury, um, you can actually have a heart attack or stroke. Well, I deal with autonomic dysreflexia symptoms every single day. Because if I get a bit uncomfortable, it causes like sweating. And that's a symptom like, Jordan, your body's talking to you. It's a bit like how your intuition talks to you. My body's trying to get a signal through Mm. to tell me something's wrong. So I have body confidence, but I don't always have confidence in my body. I can't rely on it so much. So I have to rely on how I talk to it, how I nourish it, how I just, how I love myself and how I treat myself is key to my self-love. And making sure I do all my practices like meditation, thinking of what I'm grateful for and all the things I actually have achieved in my life. And, you know, the biggest thing I've achieved is staying here. So, and actually the biggest thing all of us have done in life is actually get on planet earth because Mm. it's so rare to be alive, right? Like it's so rare. And I think it's a great reminder. I think they say it's like something like one, I don't know, there's an actual equation, like someone actually pulled the math of the chances of us being here. It's like one in something, something, something billion, no, trillion. It's like trillion or zillion or something like that. I don't even know. I don't even know if we have the numbers to explain that, but (laughs) you're so right. And I... Wow, I can't stop thinking about like that moment when you were the the polarity between like the moment when you were fighting to stay alive and your higher self was saying, No, 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 you still have a purpose, you still have a purpose. And then the the polarity between that and the like the darker days that you've had. You know, I'm sure you still go through dark times. You know, I'm sure this is like a journey for you. And not not every single person is perfect and has like 
great days every single day, right? Like we all have bad days, but it's just like so amazing to hear from someone who's literally been, had a near death experience and then is here to share that story, but also talks about how there are moments in which like you don't, you don't want to be here, right? And just like how you've developed practices to encourage yourself and you use that to, you use that energy of encouraging of yourself to also encourage others. I'm curious, what are some of your favorite practices? Like I know you talk about meditation, but like what are some other self-love, self-care or mindset practices that you practice yourself and also teach others? I love writing gratitude lists. I think it's so key first thing in the morning to write a gratitude list because we take the small things for granted. The small things are actually the biggest things in my opinion, because when like my, you know, my ability to walk and move my fingers and all the other stuff that comes with it were taken away. That was something I was never grateful for in the past because I just got up every morning and jumped in the shower and got myself dressed. But that made me realize that wow, the things I can do now, I'm so grateful for. The fact I have a roof over my head, I'm so, so grateful for. And it just makes me feel good. Um, I love listening to high vibe music. I was, I've got a high vibe playlist on Spotify and I try and look for all the songs that were at Tony Robbins because I went to Tony Robbins' date with Destiny. And I was I like, saw those pictures. <laughs> yeah. And I was like trying to find all the music for it so I can like pump up my, like pull my arms in the air. Like that's my version of dancing. I still dance, guys, even in a wheelchair. I'm usually first on the dance floor back when we could go out in the world. Um, uh, so yeah, I like to write a gratitude list. I love to, like I said, move my body. And that sounds strange, but I can move what I can move. And the parts of my body that I can't move, I make sure that my assistants do like leg stretches because I need to keep myself as fit and healthy as possible. And that is self-love for me. Um, but getting out in nature, just connecting with nature and just feeling the energy of nature that it has to give us. Oh, there's just, there's so many things I love to do. And I really love to go places. Um, I know you're in LA. I love LA so much. It was actually a dream of mine to get to California when I first had my accident. But for some weird reason, I was so nervous and I couldn't bring myself to go. And, um, then back in 2018 was the first time I went and I just was like, Oh, and I went last year again for my 30th birthday. And I was just like, I love it so much. And, um, so doing things for myself that, you know, out of my comfort zone, but I know are going to be really good for me and just have fun and just feel good. That's the main thing for me with self love. It's just doing things that make you feel good, but those small practices each day, like, gratitude, journaling, um, movement, nature. They're, they may be small, but they make a massive impact into your life, along with meditation, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it doesn't have to be complicated. And I love that you mentioned so many practices that are accessible for any single person. They don't involve money. They don't involve like hiring a coach. They don't involve like having to go to another location. Like you can just step outside and experience nature or you can just sit in your bedroom and or anywhere, a kitchen, wherever you want to sit and just write your gratitude list. I think that's so crucial to have those practices that are accessible at any moment of the day. So that's really awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially if someone has an injury like mine or they've just had an injury or they're in a situation where they feel really low and they can't bring themselves to go to do something, 
you can even close your eyes and think of the things you're grateful for, even if you can't physically write. You can bring up a memory in your mind of something that made you feel good because we can bring happiness into our lives at any moment of time. It's just a state of being, isn't it? So we can close our eyes, think of some time that made us feel really good and be happy because, you know, so many of us, we always say, oh, you know, some people may say, what do you want to be? And a lot of people say happy. It's like, you can be happy right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's such an important distinction. A lot of people think happiness is a goal when it's actually a state <laughs> and you can, yeah. you can access, like, I think you're in Reese's NLP training too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we talk about like anchoring and how there's a difference between like a state and a goal and how a lot of people have like, for instance, even something like I want X amount of dollars. Well, why do you want those dollars? to feel free. Okay. Freedom is a state and you can feel that right now. And all you have to do is, as you said, as Jordan said, like close your eyes and imagine a time in your life when you felt free and you can step into it and you can see what you saw, hear what you heard and really feel the feelings of that freedom. And it's accessible to all. So I love, love, love that. Jordan, you, as something I wanted to bring up, um, I was watching one of your videos where you were doing your makeup and it was so inspiring. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing when I do my makeup. So it's really cool to see you you know, you don't have very much um, ability to use your hands, but yet you figured out your own style to apply makeup. And it's like, you are such a talented makeup artist. And I know makeup is such an important aspect of your life. I'm super curious, was makeup something you always loved, like even before your accident? Or is this something that you picked up after your accident as like a way of expressing yourself? Well, I always, I always loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in hospital, like I couldn't do anything at first. And, um, I remember my mum trying to put some mascara on me and I was like, it's not enough. It's not what I look like normally. This isn't me. Obviously, I didn't um, understand the value of who I am naturally at that point. I've grown into that now. I can be without makeup. I can be with full glam. It's like, whatever, I'm all or nothing these days. Um, but I loved it. And so that was one of my goals that I wanted to do was to be able to be, do my own makeup because I felt like that is, the, that is the, the Jordan that I'm putting out to the world. That is you know, what I enjoy. And it was creative. And one day, actually, I, um, I used to have to have a strap around my hand to use a fork. And the guy, there was a guy next to me at the nurse's station and he had lost his and his injury was a tiny bit worse than mine. And I was like, I gave him my strap. And, but that ended up being something so great for me because that made me think, okay, if I've given him my strap, I can perhaps put mascara on. Mm. So I was like, oh, can I hold a mascara wand? So I was like, I would try and I would try and I would try. And it took me so long and I couldn't really do it at first, but I kept going and I kept going. And I just one day could do it and I mastered it. And the nurse would be like, oh, Jordan's practicing her makeup again. And I'd keep practicing. And that was just mascara. And it developed over the years. And then people would start to ask me on YouTube because I started YouTube back in 2010. I would talk, that was when I had my awakening and I would talk about being a light worker and I talk about all things positivity. So funny when I look back at the videos, cause I'm just so like, I seem so different. It's funny. Um, I'm so unconfident that I'm just <laughs> trying. Um, and people kept asking me about my makeup and I have no idea why, cause back then it was pretty terrible. Um, but then I started to do makeup videos on YouTube because that is kind of, I thought, oh, well, this is something that I enjoy. I'm going to do what I enjoy. Um, so yeah, I started, after that, I started to do makeup tutorials. 
I've moved away from that now, but that was just a moment in my life that ended up being some such a moment that was important because it gave me confidence and gave me opportunities as well. I did create a video called My Beautiful Struggle and I, because of that video, because it went viral at the time, it led me to other opportunities and that felt like that needed to happen. It really did. But now I've kind of grown through that, through, through that now and I'm like, okay, how can I help people further? So makeup's great. Yeah. I want to help people directly. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like the gateway for you. It's like the gateway drug of like, first I'm going to help people with something that I had to like figure out for myself. And then now it's like, let's go a little deeper than that. But I love that. I watched your video. I started crying, of course, in the beginning when you were struggling to put on your mascara. I just like, I felt that frustration. I felt that emotion. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful video. And I know it went viral, which is so awesome. And um, it's called My Beautiful Struggle for those of you guys who want to check it out. And you also have a book called My Beautiful Struggle, which I ended up buying. And I'm going to dive into it when I um, travel this upcoming weekend to Sedona again. Um, So I'm bringing it with me and I'm so excited to dive into it. What was that journey like for you to get like, uh, you know, to, to have a book published about your story? I mean, that was definitely a manifestation because for years I would sit on my laptop just thinking, I really want to write a book. I need to write a book. And I would write little sections on my notes and it just never kind of went anywhere. Then because I had the video, I then ended up getting management and they helped me find a publisher who was so excited to do the book. And I was like, wow. And it was a real whirlwind because it happened super fast. Um, and I was like, wow, now I have a book. Okay. (laughs) But, um, you know, that was, that was such a lovely thing to, you know, to have something. I, I mean, I want to write a second one now because that feels like quite a while ago. That was three years ago. Yeah. Um, but it was such, it was such a, um, I was so blessed to be able to do that. Um, but it was so funny because at the time I wrote the book, the book was coming out. There was like four weeks until the book was being published and me and my, um, partner at the time ended up breaking up. And I was like, oh, this is really bad timing. Like, wow. Thank you universe. Like (laughs) what is this? But it ended up being a really great thing. But I just wanted to say that because a lot of the time we can think someone's going through a really great time, but they may be dealing with something else as well. That's something, you know, someone's life may look so beautiful and amazing and magical. And someone may be doing something that you would desire to do. Just know that they're human and things are happening behind the scenes as well. Mm, that's such a great point. Have you seen the Paris Hilton documentary yet? Yes, I have. Yeah. I watched it twice and it just goes to show you like, we see flashing lights, we see private jets, we see parties, we see this, we, we create our own narrative. In fact, I did a fun experiment with my husband. So I always knew like intuitively that there's, you know, I mean, I've done this work for like years and years and years. So now I can look at most people and be like, all right, there's some trauma playing out here. There's a deeper story. There's more to this person. But I just like, um, I asked my husband like, Hey, what do you know about Paris Hilton? Cause I watched a documentary like during the day And then um, he came home from like working out or something, or I don't remember where he was. And I asked him, we went out to dinner and I was like, what do you think of Paris Hilton? What do you know about her? And he just started listing out all these things that most people, how most people would see her. And I was like, let me show you this documentary and I'm going to ask you this question again. And he's like, okay. So we watched this documentary and I swear to God, I saw the man cry. And he's like, wow, oh my God, this is so sad, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, okay, Brennan, what is your perspective of Paris Hilton now? And he's like, yeah, 
There's so much more to every single person. And we just, this is why it's so important. Like I'm just so over this like cancel culture thing and like calling people out because we're all going to make mistakes. People make mistakes, but we just don't know the deeper levels to people. And we, we are not in any position guys whatsoever. If you're a human being, you're in no position to ever look at someone as if you know their full story. So I love that you bring that up. Absolutely. Like judgment doesn't serve anyone. No, not at all. Jordan, what would you, what is some advice that you would give to somebody who is currently dealing with um, a similar situation to yours? Like maybe either they were born disabled or maybe they endured a disability later on in their life and they're really struggling and they just can't seem to find the light. Like what would, what would be your wisdom for those people? Firstly, I just want to say you are amazing. You're listening right now. Um, Just know your worth, that you are still here and you deserve the best life. Honestly, guys, like uh, if there was, I could just hug you all because I know that it's hard, but it's so worth it and you are worth it. And you just, it it will still be hard. Like for me, I talk about the shadow side a lot because at first I didn't. And then it's been this year I've discovered that the shadow is so important. Yeah. And that shadow can sometimes make us realize that there's, like you said, there's deeper things to people, there's deeper situations. So if there's something keeping you down, find the actual route and rewrite that story, guys. You are not your disability. You have so much to offer the world and let the world see you. If you have a goal, see how you can achieve it. There's always a way and life may be hard. You may need someone to help you with it, but do you know what? You have a gift and that is you. We are all unique. Just be you. And just keep going, guys. Like, honestly, it's, it's difficult, like I said, but it's just worth it. You are a light. You're a light being. And you are here to bless the earth in, in your own way. Mm, that is so beautiful. And on the other hand, what advice would you give to people who are either have like a family member or a friend who's gone through a similar situation to yours? Or maybe people who don't necessarily like they're able-bodied and they want to be more inclusive and they want to be more supportive of those disabilities, but they just don't know how, what would be some of your advice to those people of how we can better support those who, um, who have been marginalized or excluded or just don't feel like they're part of our society? Yeah, that's a massive thing. Um, because, you know, I th- if you have someone in your life who has got a disability, make sure you reach out to them. Make sure you invite them to things. Make them feel included because I, I know you may love them, but sometimes it's easy to be forget- forgotten about. Um, and because, you know, everyone gets on with their own lives. Everyone's busy, but it takes two seconds to reach out and send a text. If you're having a, you know, a gathering with your friends, make sure you invite them too. Because, you know, sometimes I don't get invited places and it's just, it can be a bit disheartening. And it's like, because people think, oh, well, she'll need someone to help her. It's like, but at least ask them. Yeah. I think it's about asking, even if they can't go, at least you've made the effort and see how you can help. Because if they're in your life, they, you know, they deserve to be in your life. And everyone, you know, it deserves to have a good life. So, and if you have questions, ask the questions that you want to ask, but be respectful. It's not about not asking anything. When I said earlier about when people walked over to me and just say, what happened? Like, it seems rude, but you know, questions need to be asked so people understand, but just ask in a respectful way. And don't be shy to talk to people because everyone's human 
and we're all just, you know, on this journey together and we need to support one another. We're more connected than we ever think. We even, we don't realize. So I think it's just about asking questions intelligently and kindly and respectfully and just helping people be part of society because like I say, we're all human. Hmm. I, I just want to reiterate something that you said and correct me if I'm wrong. I might, I'm just paraphrasing um, something that you said at the beginning of this episode, which is something like I'm a soul first and foremost, or I take care of my soul first and foremost. And I think that's such a great reminder for all of us to see the soul that that person is. And if we just take a moment to be like, this is a soul, this is a spark of life. This is the entire universe conspiring into their human form, whatever that form comes in. I just think that we would have so such a different approach to each other and such a different approach to life. Um, And it would just be a different world, you know? It really would. And, you know, sometimes disabled people can maybe seem like the vulnerable or the weaker ones of society, but a lot of the time, Mm. you've got to be strong to, you know, it's a strong living this life sometimes. Yeah. I would say much stronger because it's, it's like, the, the mental, the emotional, the physical challenges, like that's, that's like the, the biggest kind of strength that you can develop is like, I can only imagine just like what skills and like, like mental, emotional, even physical skills that you have developed, like the way that you do your makeup is different, right? Like there's so many things that you've had to shift. You had to, you have to, you have to have changed your neurological connections in every single aspect. And I think that makes you way stronger. I think that gives you like a whole another level of wisdom in this life. And I am just so excited for, for how far you go and how many people you inspire and your next book and all the stages you're going to speak on as soon as we can open the stages again. Like I'm just so, so stoked for you, girl. Oh, thank you. You know, I just, I think for a lot of people, um, it's really key to say that acceptance is a massive thing. And, you know, I've accepted what happened to me. So I don't think about my disability like all day, every day, although it is part of my all day and everyday mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And I think if anyone's struggling, like one of the big things to do is accept who you are and work on you first, um, because that will really help. I felt like I needed to say that because it literally, my ears were ringing. I get a lot of, in, like my ears ring a lot, like a download. Um, yes. So I felt like, okay, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yes. I love it. I get, I get either goosebumps or just like butterflies in my stomach. I don't really get my ears ringing, but it's really funny because I, I do hear things. Like I do have a little bit of clear audience, but then like randomly while I'm doing like my makeup or something, I'll just get ringing in my ears, but it's not really connected to anything. So I'm still like, I feel like I'm going through soul school still. You know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. I just started soul school. Um, I'm curious, what are your some of your like spiritual practices? Like I know you're big on manifesting, you're big on law of attraction, you're big on sharing that with others. I know that you have like tarot readings and oracle readings and stuff that you do on YouTube. Like uh-huh. what are your fun spiritual practices? I love pulling angel cards and tarot cards and oracle cards. It's my favorite. I love it. It's so fun, but it's so funny because like I love doing it for other people. And then when it's for myself, I'm like, "Mm, sometimes it's nice to have someone else do it for you. But every day I pull one and I just love doing that because, and I love the confirmations you get from the universe because you know, when something happens and it's just that reminder of, wow, it's so magical. Um, 
So I um, recently did my Reiki level two, so I can now do distance Reiki on people. Um, and during the, I had to do a 21 day cycle where you have to heal yourself for 21 days with Reiki energy. And every day you work on a different chakra. And um, I got to the heart chakra and I did my um, healing and then I went to pull an angel card. And in this deck, there's like 52 cards and there's no chakra cards. There's one chakra card though. Um, there's one chakra card. And I, the day I did my heart, I pull and the heart chakra card came out. Wow. Yeah. I and then the next week, the next week it did the same. And I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you, universe. And then there was another time I was working on my solar plexus and I had some crystals like beside me. I just reached for one. I was like, oh, this one feels aligned. I'm holding this. Um, afterwards I Googled the properties because I know a lot about crystals, but there's so many, you forget some things. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was to do with the solar plexus. And I was like, wow, again, universe, thank you for that support and that clarification that this is really, really connected. And it is all, you know, it is, is real, <laughs> you know, 100%. What is your, like, do you have like a manifesting process or like, what's your personal manifestation style? Like, how do you see manifestation? So I um, like get myself obviously in a really good mood. So I like to put my high vibe Tony Robbins music on yes. and um, dance around the kitchen a bit. And then I like to just script it out, just write yeah. out how I see things like thank you universe, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and just visualize that, visualize that coming into fruition and, and then just really like being like, okay with that. Like that's going to happen. Let it go. And just let it go. Although, you know, some things are harder. To, some things you're like, I really desire this. And it's like, yeah, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just build up all this. Like, it's like you're slowly building up your own like resistance to it just by making it such a big deal in your mind. And you have to remind yourself like, no, 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 no. Like this is all possible. Mm -hmm. And it's all normalized. And I can't like, I can't make this one a big deal because the bigger of a deal I make it, the more resistance I'm going to build up to it. So it's like, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I'm also curious, like what is one of the coolest things you've ever manifested? Like something that is either the coolest or the weirdest or the most exciting or the most life-changing? Well, actually it was probably going to Tony Robbins. Um, because it was really funny because the first time I went to LA, this is more of a sync. It is a manifestation because I always wanted to go to Tony after seeing him on Netflix, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and that was quite a few years ago. And well, yeah. Um, so I was like, Oh, I would love to go to that. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know, but I'd love to go. So I then go to LA and one day I go to Malibu and this was such a strange synchronicity because I was having a really nice time with my friends. And then I ended up seeing this guy on a pier and he was reading a book um, about energy healing. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. I'd had a couple of cocktails. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go say hi. <laughs> so I go to this guy and start talking to him and he starts talking about Tony Robbins. And I was like, wow. And he's like, it turns out he was from London as well. And I'm from the UK. So I was like, this is crazy. Like there's no one else here, just us um, and my friends, obviously. Um, so yeah. And then he was like, we would message afterwards and he got me a little bit of a discount. And I was like, wow. And, um, so I ended up being able to go to Tony Robbins in West Palm beach. Um, and for me, that would have been such a big thing before because, you know, I needed to have my personal assistant to be able to come sort out their home lives yet that it worked out perfect. And we got there. And the first person I see as I get out the, ca the taxi 
was the guy from Malibu. No and I was way. like, yeah. And that, I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, a great manifestation, but it was just amazing. Like, wow, these synchronicities, it's like, this is supposed to happen. Like, yeah. wow. That's um, incredible. Yeah. And I just felt so grateful that the universe kind of put me and this guy in um, conversations with each other because um, it really led me down the path of even more self-love because going to Tony Robbins really shifted a lot for me. Mm. It was amazing. Um, even though it's freezing and <laughs> tiring. Destiny is like hell. It's like <laughs> frozen hell on earth. I remember we, I don't know, someone had a temperature gauge. I don't know how, but I remember someone in my group, which is funny because this is something we connected on too, which was that we were part of the exact same group at Date with Destiny, the manifestors. Manifestors. Yeah. Um, And I think I went one year before you. You went in 2018, right? Yeah. That's so funny though, isn't it? It's so wild. I went one year before and I just remember someone was taking the temperature in the room because we're like, how cold is it? What is wrong with this room? It was 51 degrees Fahrenheit, which I know for you, it's Celsius. I don't know Celsius, so I'm sorry. I can't (laughs) put it. But it, it was, was cold. <laughs> it was really cold. And we're like, God damn, like this is insane, but so worth yeah. it because Date with Destiny, for those of you guys, like I think he's doing a virtual one this year. So literally there's no travel involved. If you guys can get to Date with Destiny or like UPW if you haven't been, but Date with Destiny, it shifted a lot for me too. It was one of the most like pivotal moments in my business actually that I inspired where I let go of my entire team. I... um yeah, it was just like crazy, like so many shifts that where I just, I was able to come home and be like, this isn't serving me. That isn't serving me. This isn't serving me. My intuition kept speaking to me and telling me like, that's not serving you. That's not serving you. This is going to get ripped out of your life. You have to get rid of this. And I'm like, oh my God, buckle me up because I'm going for a ride that I'm not ready for. And it was just like going from, from even 2017 to 2018 was just so, so shifting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's amazing. I love that we can relate to to Date with Destiny and uh, yeah. of course the manifestors. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. But it, yeah, it's just so shifting, isn't it? And you just feel so empowered. Like you don't mind saying the things that you really need to say. And yes. it's like, who is this person? Where have I come from? I'm being me right now. The true me. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my God. I love <laughs> it. Well, Jordan, Thank you so much. Like you are such an inspiration. And for those of you who want to find out more about you, who want to get your book, watch you on YouTube, wherever you show up, can you just share some of the places that we can go and hang out with you? Yeah. So my Instagram is at jbone89. And then I also have a website. So that's jordanbone.co.uk. So you can find everything on there too. Be great to see you guys. (laughs) Amazing. You guys go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode and share with us your biggest takeaways, breakthroughs, send Jordan a ton of love. I'm going to make sure to post all those links that she mentioned in the show notes um, in case you're bad at spelling or don't know how to spell or anything like that to make sure that you can find her on Instagram, on her website definitely get her book. I'm so excited to dive into it. Tag her when you read it and all that good stuff. Jordan, I so appreciate you. I just want you to know that you are such a light in this world and you have taught me so much. And I know that those of us listening to this podcast episode are going to take away so much wisdom from you and your positivity is just so infectious. So thank you. Thank you for coming on here and spending some time with us and sharing your beauty with us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so grateful right now. And you are definitely at the top of my gratitude list today. (laughs) Oh, as are you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
All right. For the rest of you listening, I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.